You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, fan people. It's your host, Aaron Broverman. Just want to tell you about this amazing signing opportunity. I say amazing because it's for Amazing Spider-Man 800. It's the first Marvel comic ever to reach such a high number. And artist Stuart Immonen is going to be in the house with his wife, Catherine Immonen, together as an artist-writer pair. They are a Canadian comics power couple. I mean, Stuart has worked on things like... Star Wars, Empress, Fear Itself, Next Wave. Catherine has been a writer on Runaways, Sif Journey into Mystery, Agent Carter, and if you're watching Jessica Jones, you'll remember Patsy Walker, Hellcat. Together, they've published their own books, Russian Olive to Red King, Moving Pictures, and Never As Bad As You Think. You can pre-order your copy for $10 of Amazing Spider-Man 800, just email asm800beguiling at gmail.com. General inquiries about the event can be sent at mail at beguiling.ca and day of copies of the regular cover are $12 Canadian if you miss out on the pre-order. Head sketches will be available from Stuart for proof of purchase of trade paperbacks, hardcover books, as well as sketch covers on the actual Amazing Spider-Man issue 800. Unfortunately, Stuart will not be doing any convention or commission level sketches, and there are no exceptions. The address is 319 College Street, and the signing is from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. on Wednesday, May 30th, so get there at 5 o'clock sharp and tell them Aaron sent you. Listening to Speech Bubble, the podcast that goes one-on-one with Toronto's comic book luminaries, with your host, Aaron Broverman. Hey, fan people. Welcome to another episode of Speech Bubble on Never Sleeps Network at NeverSleepsNetwork.com. I am your host, Aaron Broverman. With me today, we have Kyle James Smith. Kyle is a member of Raid Studios. You might remember that that's an artist collective in Toronto. A lot of the artists work for Marvel and DC. Uh, We've had a lot of the members in here. We've had Anthony Falcone, Marcus Toe, and uh, many, many others, Ramon Perez. So we're just adding to our collection of uh, Raid Studio members. He is here because he's working on a webcomic called Black Mouth. It's a horror webcomic. It's about a boy who's trying to find out the truth about the death of his mother, who was forced into the woods because she has a mysterious mark on her neck. They're also working on the Raid 2 anthology currently. Uh, Raid 1 was the anthology that came out of the studio. All the studio members contributed to it and, uh, Kyle is no exception. And uh, yeah, he's done a few uh, independent comics with some of the Raid members as well. So welcome, Kyle. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me. We're coming off of the Raid retreat, which is sort of the, I guess, like work vacation that you guys take every year. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So and then also like probably planning and strategy and that sort of stuff. Yeah, everyone kind of it's it's a break and like relaxation but also it's a chance for all the members to who don't always get the chance to get together and talk about projects that they want to work on to do that so where do you guys usually go for that this is the first year that i've been a part of it but i think this is the second year they've gone to this place it's like i think it's bala which is just kind of outside of muskoka it's not even a cottage it's like a mansion essentially like It's just this giant, giant house that fits all 16 members and we just go there and spend a week and have bonfires every night and it's awesome. Nice. What's a typical day like? Do you 
get to decide when to relax? Are there like scheduled meetings? Like what happened? No, it's you can do whatever you want. It's like I treated it like a vacation. Like when I felt I brought some work to do. And when, when I felt like working, I would get up at like, I don't know, noon and just like have some breakfast and everything was prepared. Rob Koffler made us amazing food. And we had like I just basically woke up every morning and got handed like a delicious plate of breakfast or lunch or whatever. And uh, then if I felt like working, I'd work felt like chilling. I just chill. It was just whatever anybody wanted to do, they could do. And uh, Rob Koffler, for the old school Toronto comics community uh, people, might remember him from Butternut Squash. Yeah. He worked on with Ramon. They're yeah. like best friends. Uh, he was a character in that comic and he's the operations manager of yes. Raid. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So you just, you just get to hang out and it, what's the difference between just going on a vacation by yourself or with your family and going on vacation with, with the raid members? Uh, I think more fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, it's cool because you're with a bunch of like-minded individuals, right? Like we're all artists, we're, we're all creative people and it's cool to just hang out in, in a way that's kind of different than like if we're at a con when we're trying to like sell stuff and we're networking or whatever or if we're at the studio we're, we're all like working and we're in that kind of like work headspace but this is a chance to just get to you know actually get to know each other like on a more I guess personal level and just talk about you know normal things outside of work and comics and yeah it's just it's just it was the best time like I miss it already. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You you go swimming and stuff like that? Well, we couldn't go swimming because the, the weather was the right lake there. was too cold. Yeah. Like, but Ramon is booking it for next year. We might do it a little bit later in the year. So we have the option to use the lake. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So walking it back a little bit, uh, how did you end up at Raid? What, what brought you to the studio in general? Um... Well, basically, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm very new to the, the whole like Toronto comic scene. I've only been um, actually trying to turn comics into a career for like the last three to four years, like taking it very seriously. I only started freelancing um, last year because I had a, I'm a, a video editor and that was like my day job. I've worked in like film and TV, like for the past, like 10 years that I've been living in Toronto. So last year was the first year that I decided to take a chance and go freelance and try writing and making comics. And so I did this comic called Scare Tales with Gabe Sapienza, who was another member of the Raid studio. And he wasn't a part of the studio when we did that either. So basically we made this comic and we just started going to cons because we were like, okay, this is what we got to do if we're going to do this, promote it, sell it, whatever. And through going to cons and networking in like the Toronto comic scene, we figured out who Raid was. Like I'd never really heard of them up until three, four years ago, something like that. And just kind of by meeting those guys and figuring out who they were, it just kind of, I guess, happened naturally. Like Gabe became a member before I was, like a year before me. And then a sublet opened at the Raid studio because one of the members left. And then Gabe was like, hey, you should come and take this table. So I was like, okay. And originally I thought I was only going to be subletting for like a few months, a summer or something like that. But then I guess I don't know what happened to the guy who left. He never came back. And then Ramon was like, hey, do you want to just become like a full-time member? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. So That's awesome. And so how it works is like each artist contributes like a rent for the table that they're using? Yeah, exactly. Everyone pays rent for their space. That's awesome. And you yeah. just go there and that's like an outside workspace. Yep. So you can get your work done and you don't have to be at home alone. And exactly. Be with people, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I really like about it. And when I first started freelancing, obviously I didn't have RAID. So I was working from home and it was like I had a hard time separating work from normal home life, you know. So I like that separation that RAID, RAID offers. And obviously being surrounded by all the incredible talent that's there is a bonus. Nice. What made you decide to leave video editing and uh, pursue comics full time? Well, I still am an editor and I am a colorist as well. Like I do uh, video color grading. So I I didn't really leave it, but I just instead of pursuing full time jobs at post houses, I decided to go freelance. So I'm just doing jobs on like a contract freelance basis now, which is still what 
pays the majority of my bills. But I just decided to do that because I just wasn't really happy with the industry. I love the work, but I just felt like I was hitting kind of a ceiling career-wise. And um, I just love comics and I love writing. So I was like, if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it now as opposed to waiting till later. You know what I Did mean? you always want to be in comics? Like back of your mind kind of thing? I think in the back of my head, yeah. Like I went to Sheridan for... Um, media arts. But before that, I did like their one year art fundamentals program. And that's how I met Gabe. And I met actually a few of the other members of RAID at Sheridan as well before I even knew before they were even RAID members. And yeah, I always had this idea that I'd like to try doing comics. And then as I graduated and I started working in in Toronto in film and TV, I just kind of, it just kind of wasn't fulfilling, you know, and I just wanted something that would give me more of a creative outlet. Let me have uh, let me do something that uh, allowed me to have a little bit more creative control, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So, what it brought you to comics initially? Did you collect as a kid? Like, Yeah, I've always been like a nerdy comic fan. And yeah, when I was a kid, like my dad always took me to comic shops and I bought like Marvel and DC comics and I was a big fan of Batman and Spider-Man and all that. And then as I grew up and got in high school and college, I kind of like, stopped paying attention to that scene and then i i don't know something just happened and i missed it and i was like oh i want to i want to like explore that again and get back into that and then i started collecting again when i like a, a few years into my college years like you missed a storyline or something or no, I, ju I just missed comic books oh you missed yeah. being part of the comic scene yeah and yeah. i just missed reading them and i was like that was fun like yeah, I don't really know how to explain it any other way. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So yeah. you you like you left it for a bit, and then you like got nostalgic for it, and came came back. Yeah, to it, yeah, yeah. I see, I see. Cool. So, what makes you go from like a fan to somebody that wants to maybe pursue it? Well, I've always been a creative guy. Like I've always drawn and wrote. I always wrote stories. Even in high school, I did that and. I originally went to Sheridan for illustration, but then I was like, oh, maybe like media and TV would be more lucrative. And then I was like, oh, but this is kind of unfulfilling. So I don't know. I've just always been like an artist and love comics. And I guess I just kind of got fed up with, okay, I'm, I'm pursuing a career just for the sake of making money or establishing myself. I want to do something that's more for me and, and comics feels more for me. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. And you always drew? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So that was like from the time that you were a kid or? Yeah. Like I never really took it that seriously. It was just something I liked to do. Right. And then when I got to Sheridan, I was like, oh, maybe I'll try and do this. But then it was, it was weird. I had like, it was one of those situations where in high school, there's always like the artist kid and I was that artist kid. So I was like the best one in, in my high school. But then I got to Sheridan and I'm like suddenly surrounded by all these like amazing artists who are so much better than me. And I was like, ah, fuck it. I'm not good enough for this. <laughs> and I, then I kind of like steered my pursuit, like my career pursuit. Um, but then I was like, no, nah, like I can, I can still probably do it. I can still give it a shot. Right. That's awesome. So, tell me about uh, Blackmouth. This is sort of the first big thing that I've heard about personally from you. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it, there's like a really impressive website, you guys, with like a video. And like, it's a very innovative comic because like the navigation is vertical. Yeah. So you go up and down instead of, instead of side to side. Yeah. Tell me about that because it seems like it's like the big push that I'm that I'm seeing from you. I, I didn't know about you before. Sure. Black yeah. Mouth. Yeah. No, that that makes sense. Because all I've really done before is that Scare Tales comic with Gabe. And then I did the, the Raid one thing. But um, I have to always thank uh, Tri Vong, who's a member of the Raid studio. And he does a web comic called uh, The Strange Tales of Oscar Zahn. And I didn't even really know about web comics or that that was a thing before I met Tri, before I, I got into Raid. And just through seeing what he was doing, that kind of inspired me to think like this would actually be a really cool format for this story that that I'd like to tell as opposed to, you know, doing a Kickstarter and, you know, getting it all printed up. I was like, I, I think this actually might work a little bit better for this specific thing. What What is it about webcomics and what 
this story is that lends itself? Um, I think because just based on my own work schedule, it allows me to do it in smaller chunks, basically. Because um, each episode of Blackmouth is, even though it's that vertical scroll format, it's the equivalent of three actual comic pages. So as opposed to making one like 24 page issue of a comic all at once and putting it out, I can actually write the story and then just do it in smaller chunks because it only takes me a week to do three pages, you know, as opposed to like a month or two months or however long it would take me to do a full comic. So I can actually get it out there faster by doing it this way. And it just kind of pertains to my own personal life schedule a little better. And uh, yeah, and web comics are usually weekly releases. So that kind of works, right? Yeah, it, people do it on different schedules. But, you know, one a week seems to be kind of the standard. Yeah, from what I've seen so far. Yeah, totally. Is that is that what your release schedule is? Yeah, right now, I just finished the first chapter of Blackmouth, actually. So right now I'm taking a, like a, a break. It, it ended kind of at the end of April. So I'm taking like a month to build up another kind of backlog of, of episodes. Um, and then I'm going to jump back in after I have a few episodes ready kind of as a buffer. And then I'm going to do another full chapter, which will be about uh, 10 episodes or so. Nice. You have this amazing uh, promo video about Blackmouth that basically says, you know, if you like video games like The Witcher mm -hmm. or you like things like Pan's Labyrinth mm -hmm. or, you know, like M. Night Shyamalan movies, you'll love this. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about it. Like, where did the inspiration come from and uh, what is it about? Like, I'm a big horror fan and I'm a big fan of just dark fantasy in general. So I wanted to do something because this is just my own project and I have full creative control over it. I was like, I'm just going to do something that I just love, like in the sense of a genre. I love games like Bloodborne and Dark Souls and those were other big inspirations to do this just in terms of like the tone and the style of it. So, yeah, I just basically thought like, okay, I'm going to do this. It, it's got to be fun for me. So what do I like? And I kind of like took inspiration from stories and media and games that that I like and use that to, to build a story around. I mean, horror, is that something that you've had like a long standing relationship with? Like, do you like to be scared? Um, I don't like to be scared, but I like watching and reading scary things for some reason uh it's it's weird like i find horror almost as kind of like a mental or a psychological challenge in a sense and no i haven't always i haven't always liked horror but kind of in i don't know in my later like teen years i started getting into it and i don't know why i like it but i just do <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah at the center of Blackmouth, it's like this relationship between this son and his mother and trying to figure out why his mother was sort of banished and like the story mm -hmm. uh, behind her death. And yeah. Stuff. Uh, so it's kind of a murder mystery horror type thing. Yeah, it's a, definitely a mystery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what, uh, what drives the relationship in your own life? Like what's the inspiration for the central relationship in in the story um i don't think there's anything in my own life that like correlates to what the storyline is between the the main character and his goal or his journey i like mysteries and i like coming of age stories um and that's kind of where i kind of develop this story from because the very first episode, you see the main character, his name is Eric, as a boy, and you see the event where his mother is banished to the woods where this supposed witch will inevitably kill her. In the next episode, we jump ahead and now he's an adult. And it's kind of him dealing with, you know, what happened in the past. And then there's kind of a catalyst that kicks off the main story and it all ties back into what happened in the very first episode in his childhood. I noticed too that part of what makes this comic uh, more well thought out and maybe more unique than other web comics is that there's a whole lore around it. Yeah. And each chapter is also released with like a background on like the history of this town, the history of this witch that they are 
uh, supposedly dealing with mm-hmm. and all of that kind of idiosyncrasy and intricacy that like builds a world basically like you are world building mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what is the inspiration behind uh, this world and I, wanting to go so deep with it again going back to like the the Dark Souls and Bloodborne video games. I don't know if you've ever played those, but the the way they tell a story in those games is what gave me the inspiration to do this sort of world building thing with all the lore and everything that you can explore on the website because those games, the storyline isn't really spoon fed to you. You find out what's going on by exploring the world around you and you ex- and you f- and you figure out the story by like finding items or finding relics or like piecing together like why this like giant castle looks this way or by figuring out what happened here so it's like the environment actually tells the story and you can't really do that with a comic the way that you can with the video game but i still like that idea um so i have the main story that you read between like the, what the character's actions are and what the dialogue is. But then I also have all this lore and, you know, uh, history and character profiles and backstories that you can explore through the website that gives you a little bit more than just reading the actual comic. And it actually gives you little hints and clues as to what is actually going on behind the scenes of this of this ongoing story yeah it's like bonus material kind of thing yeah um from a creative side what does it take to build a world bible like this i don't know because this is the first time i've ever done it (laughs) you know like uh it's i just i i i think it goes back to doing something that i'm that I really enjoy and find fascinating myself, like this dark fantasy and like, like the world of the video games, like dark souls and all that. Like, I love that. So it's just fun for me to do it. So it's just thinking about like the history of the setting that the story is taking place in and what I want things to mean. And, and I also, I also like to keep things very vague. So I'm trying to think about how to give, the reader some clues without being too revealing and allowing them to piece things together for themselves. So it's like thinking about what is happening, but also how I can present it in a way that kind of makes the reader work for it a little bit. I guess if you read the comic and all the lore, you'll be more rewarded Mm -hmm. if you didn't read the lore, right? Like, because things will tie in yeah that you'll only get from the lore right exactly yeah and i'm still i'm still updating the website to add more lore and more information that you can kind of sift through um it's it's kind of like an ongoing process just in the same way as the comic is but yeah the more the more you explore the the world and the lore and the history the more you should be able to kind of piece together what's going on behind the scenes of, of the main story. Yeah, it's like something like Watchmen, which had extensive uh, bonus material on the back of every issue of every comic. Sure, and yeah. You didn't have to read it, but if you did, you got a more of a sense of the fuller world, but then also there were little hints as to where the mystery in the main story was going was gonna to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That's really awesome. Thanks, man. So, I mean... Now that you're, you know, fully doing this, uh, the navigation choice is kind of unique as well, too. Uh, most web comics are either side scroll or you got to, like, navigate down and press, like, an arrow and then it'll, like, flip the page for you and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What influenced your choice to make it this, like, vertical uh, scrolling thing? Well, actually, from from what I've seen, a lot of people are doing this vertical scroll format. And when I started putting this together, initially, I was kind of opposed to it just because I'm not used to it. And I'm like, oh, I like the page turn and I like telling a story that way. But it actually makes way more sense to do it this way because the majority of the readers are actually reading it on like a device, like a a smartphone or an iPad or something like that. So actually doing the vertical scroll makes it easier to to tell the story and for the reader to read like that. Yeah, because they just have to scroll with their finger. Yeah. And they sort of control the pace of the story. Exactly, yeah. Speaking of pace of the story, like how... Do you have to change uh, the pace of the story knowing what the format of the navigation is? Yeah. um, 
it is just a lot of putting it together and scrolling through it myself and then rearranging things to make it fit the pace that I want. Like in terms of, you know, how far apart each panel is from each other. Like how many, how many finger swipes do I want to have before we get to the next panel? Things like that. It's just a lot of like trial and error. Yeah. Because you, you layer your panels like on top of like a background sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's stuff going on outside of the panel that's still part of the universe while you're scrolling. Like there's like... Yeah, like texture effects and like I do like lines and stuff to lead the viewer's eye down the page in a certain way. And that also helps with the pacing too. And so as I'm putting, as I'm piecing it all together, those are the things that I'm adding and, you know fixing and changing to to get the pacing just it, right it seems quite sophisticated for somebody that's you know basically like doing their first webcomic how did you learn about pacing and control in comics well i'm still learning but i think just because i'm so used to reading comics and i have done comics previous to this like the scare tales thing i was talking about with gabe so i have learned kind of at least a little bit the the art of storytelling within the comic book medium. So now it's kind of taking that knowledge and adjusting it to fit this web comic format. Okay. So what's the ultimate plan for this? Like how many chapters is it going to be? Are you going to publish it as a graphic novel at the end? Like what can people expect? Um, They can definitely expect at least a few more chapters. Um, I have... This will eventually end and I have a definitive ending that I'm building towards. I just don't know how many chapters it's actually going to take to get there yet um, and how long I want to keep it going because I could explore this world kind of as long as I want to. I can just keep building and, you know, exploring different characters' journeys. But I think I want to keep it kind of straightforward and I just want to focus on the main character and not make it too big of a thing. And I haven't decided if I want to publish it as like a physical comic yet. I may just I may just leave it as what it was always intended to be and just leave it as a webcomic that you can always find and read. You're listening to Speech Bubble. We'll be right back. Hey, fan people, the rumors are true. Harry Tarantula is moving. As of June 1st, they're moving to 3456 Young Street to what Leon promises will be a bigger and better store at the corner of Young Boulevard between Lawrence and York Mills. In the meantime, they're having a scramble sale. From now until May 31st, get 10% off all sealed Magic the Gathering slash trading card game products, 20% off wall comics, board games, miniatures, Magic the Gathering and trading card game singles, 25% off gaming supplies, toys, statues and RPGs, 30% off new comics and pre-owned board games, pre-owned RPGs, indie graphic novels and manga, and then 40% off DC, Dark Horse, Image, and Marvel graphic novels. So get down there, take advantage of the scramble sale, go to their new location at 3456 Young Street, and tell them Aaron sent you. In addition to being, uh, you know, heavily influenced by like horror and folklore and like, Mm -hmm. because this is like old school, like fantasy horror type stuff, like witches and like if you've watched like The Village, you might be into this. Yeah. I noticed that there's like some sort of mark or some sort of disease uh, happening and there's sort of allusions to sexually transmitted diseases a little bit that I, that I've noticed. Yeah. Similar to something like, you know, Charles Burns' Black Hole and that kind of mm-hmm, thing. Yeah. Obviously, that's done on purpose. Uh, are you, have you, you read Black Hole and what fascinates you about this idea of like a virus and this alluding to this sort of sexually transmitted uh, disease. Yeah, um, I haven't actually read Black Hole. I know what it is, but I haven't read it. But I don't know if there's something... I, I, it is a device to to propel the story forward. Right. 
but you're you're kind of on the nose with what what you just said like how it's kind of like an alluding to to something other than what it actually yeah. is but again i don't really want to say too much because i don't want to spoil right, what right. it is you Absolutely know what i mean don't yeah yeah no. um but but i will say that yeah it is saying something about um the state of the world um that the story is taking place in that kind of reflects our own society and things that i'm thinking about while i'm writing this and this is it is like this is a story I want to tell, but I also want to like have like um, the the themes of the story are things that I am kind of passionate about in like real day to day life. Yeah, I asked because it was you know some people are con- are curious about like pandemics and mm. the way disease progresses and the way people get ostracized or mm-hmm. maligned for certain things that happen to them. Yeah. Like with, you know, AIDS, like that happened in our actual society mm-hmm. or, you know, like if you're different, you know, like in the sense of like the X-Men and that sort of stuff. So exactly. there's been a theme historically in comics and in literature in general of, of like people freaking out over like some mysterious disease and, yeah. and its progression yeah especially historically like back in kind of like the suggested day and age that this story is taking place and that was really prevalent too right so um i just thought it would be a good storytelling device to have to kind of let this story go where it needs to and the day and age that this is taking place in it's a time when like People didn't know anything about like science or technology or that sort of stuff. Yeah. So a lot of like medical stuff was blamed on like magic and wizards and mystery and that sort of stuff. Exactly. And that's kind of the way that this world is set up too. In the world of black mouth, there's what they call old magic, which is kind of like this blasphemous old art form that's kind of been eradicated by the newly established church and it's kind of frowned upon and no, but uh, how do I say it without spoiling things? I guess that's it. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, they explain things through other ways like um, legends and urban myths and magic as opposed to science. Right, yeah. right. So you get like that conflict happening of yeah. like religion and technology and science and religion and stuff. Exactly. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So that's happening and that's like your main project right now. Yeah, I have a few things on the go, um, but this is my main kind of ongoing thing that I'm working on. What are your hopes for it? I don't know. <laughs> like I just, I, I hope that people like it and I hope that I'm able to, you know, build enough of an audience that um, I'm able to sustain doing it um, and yeah, I just I just hope that people like it and like the story and I hope that I can finish the story. That's really all there is. <laughs> well, I think being part of the Raid Studio helps you a lot because there's a lot of high profile guys that are in there. Oh, and yeah. if you're associated with that, uh, it helps with the marketing. Of, oh, of for this, sure it does. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Being a part of Raid is definitely um, super important for me um, as as someone who's aspiring to to get into this and do this as as kind of a career. Nice. That's awesome. Um, What does your family think of your sort of career switch? Are they, are they supportive of it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. They, I have very supportive uh, parents and my wife is very supportive and yeah, I just, I'm, I'm very much in a, like a social circle of a bunch of creative minds and people. So I never have to really deal with any sort of like oh man like this is a a bad way to go it's it's always and i think that's why i choose the people that i associate with too because i don't like if i were surrounded by people who are like oh man this isn't lucrative like you're this isn't going to go anywhere i would just be kind of like depressed about it and not want to do it right so everyone's pretty supportive in general like my parents think the content of what I do is kind of fucked <laughs> because it's just, they're like, why, like, why do you write and draw this stuff? Like, this is dark and weird. Like what's wrong with you? But, um, they still like, they know why I'm doing it. Like I get fulfillment out of it and creative fulfillment. So yeah, they're supportive. That's awesome. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe you have to like look at your psyche a little bit and see what's really going on in there. Yeah. 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 I, I try to, yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Um, so tell me about Scare Tales because that seems to be like your first major project. And yeah. how did you meet Gabe? So I met Gabe at Sheridan. Actually, um, we both went to college. We we were in the art fundamentals program together, and that's how we met. And then Gabe went into illustration, and I went to film and TV. Um, and 
I, I've told this story before, but at first me and Gabe, we kind of hated each other. Like we didn't get along. We both thought the other person was kind of like an egotistical asshole. But um, eventually we got to know each other and we, we got along. We started to get along and we realized we had like very similar tastes and just kind of like life philosophies and stuff. So it, and we both love comics. So we were like, we should eventually do a comic together. And then Scare Tales kind of happened as a way to do something together and learn how to make a comic from scratch. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't actually do Scare Tales until we were finished college and kind of already started working. But I knew I always wanted to do something with Gabe. So eventually I was like, hey, let's just do this thing and see what happens with it. When you say like you guys have like common philosophies and that sort of thing, like what, what sort of thing? I don't know, just I guess the the way we think about life and what we want to do and what our kind of career pursuits are, um, how we feel about like creative industries and why art matters, I guess. Just, you know, right. things like that. We just kind of click like we're on the same page sort of thing. And this, nice. um, so we just we just work really well together. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me about Scare Tales. Like, did, did, was it successful? Like, like, what is it about? Can people pick it up? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we still have the, there's three issues and we're about to turn it into a trade. It's a horror anthology. So each issue is two short horror stories. I write and draw one of them and Gabe write and, writes and draws the other one. And yeah, we've done three issues so far and we're about to turn it into a trade. Um, we're still working out the kinks of that, but that'll happen soon enough. And you can get it at, you know, wherever, whatever cons we're at. Um, I'm pretty sure you can get it through the, the raid website now. Um, and you can also get it on comiXology if you're a digital comic reader as well. Nice. And where can people get the Blackmouth uh, comic? So the Blackmouth comic is just online and you can read it for free. You just go to blackmouthcomic.com and awesome. it's on, it's on webtoons and it's on Tapastic. So those seem to be the two kind of biggest most well-known web comic sites i guess so mm-hmm. i i put it on both if you're if you prefer one it you can read it on both it doesn't matter but blackmouth comic will get you there and i want to talk about the raid one anthology because that was like a really big thing um because there hadn't been an anthology coming out of raid since battle royale which was produced by the founders of raid yeah like chip zadarsky and cameron stewart and, yeah and, you know ben shannon and all those people um so it was kind of awesome that like you guys were finally you know you know using your identity as like a major studio and a major player in the comic industry for sure uh what was the timing of that like for you like when you joined were they just doing it or had you been there for a while before they did raid one no it was like right as i joined they were like okay we're doing this thing and it it was like it was perfect timing because i was really excited about it right but they had never done it before so i'm like like oh like this is a really good opportunity to to showcase some work and be a part of this incredible collaboration yeah like right away you get battle tested you're thrust into having to do something for these guys kind of an audition yeah i think it kind of was and you know i went in there and me and gabe kind of already had a script worked out for our story and then ramon kind of in a very like diplomatic way tore it apart and, and was like you got to make some changes to this and here's why and showed us and i was like no this is this is awesome like this is exactly what we need like we need to learn this stuff so what were some of his uh, suggestions um a lot of it was um like character focus so we actually changed there's two characters in our story it's about uh, it's about um a woman who uh meets uh, essentially the devil and they have a conversation together and initially the main character was supposed to be the devil and the the woman was like the supporting character and then we kind of flopped it on its head and switched that up um that was like just one thing and then there was like pacing things dialogue things just a just a bunch of stuff that when he kind of presented it to us we we're like oh yeah this is going to make it so much better and it was a really good learning experience for us as well yeah it's it's really an art to be able to give people constructive criticism without like offending them or well yeah i mean i'm i think it's also an art 
to not be offended, you know, by constructive criticism. Like it's, they're only doing it because they want to help, you know, and you got to be willing to look at what's wrong with your work. Cause I mean, especially for me, I'm still learning so much about, about comics and art and being surrounded by all these crazy guys. I kind of, I'm, I'm learning by osmosis almost, you know what I mean? Like just kind of being around these people gives me knowledge, like just by seeing what they do and how they approach certain things. Um, and yeah, it's just, you can't, these guys have been doing it forever. They're, they're pros and they're pros for a reason. So uh, there's you, like, I couldn't ever be like, Oh no, like this advice is stupid. Well, and that's why you join a place like raid. Like if, if you're not willing to like yeah. take people's criticism, then you can go back to freelancing. Yeah. You can just yourself. think that everything you do is awesome and that you're the best. And yeah. 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 Like what's the point of being around people if, 100%. if they're not also going to be an audience for you? And yeah. And just, and, and just in like the year that I've been there, I've, I've learned so much. It's insane. Like I've learned so much in the last year, probably what if I wasn't there, I, I wouldn't kind of be even at the level I am right now, mm-hmm. which is still not like I, I consider myself new and still learning and everything. Right. But, but at least you're noticing the growth. A hundred percent. Like yeah. there's no point. Like I'm not progressing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah it, it, I've, I've learned so much from all those guys. Cool. Yeah. And that's just in, in the sense of how, like the way that you construct a story, the way that your art style is like, yeah, everything like from my writing to my art, um, to, to storytelling and pacing color. Even I'm learning a lot about coloring, which I, which I love actually. Um, yeah, everything there's, there's so much that goes into the art of making comics. Um, it's kind of endless, you know? Right. And, it's amazing how deep into it you can get into mm-hmm. the details, right? Exactly, yeah. And you think it's just panels and drawing and story and whatever, but there's all this minutia. If you want to go there, you can go there. Exactly, yeah. And and it is important to go there because all those little things, even even down to lettering, which is super important, and like world, word bubble placement and all of those things. And there's there's so much that that makes a comic good that you don't, notice when you're reading a good comic right yeah right but your your brain is sort of taking it in yeah the way that people want you to yeah which is kind of what i like about comics is like you get so much control Mm -hmm. in terms of like how you direct the audience's response to it yeah exactly that's what i like about it too Yeah, yeah it's amazing so with with raid one i mean that's i mean that's a published book it's available Mm-hmm. Uh, on raid.world, your guys' website. Yep. It has every member of, you know, raid teaming up with other members of raid to do like these little stories. Yep. Um, you know, Francis Manipal is in it. Uh, who else? We got Marcus Toe and basically yeah. all every member yeah, of the studio. Scott Hepburn, Ramon Perez, um, Trivong, Irma. Um, oh, I can never pronounce Irma's last name. This is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, neither, neither can I. I think we've tried doing it on this podcast a few times. Yeah, I should. I should uh, put it put it in at the end or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, should, I should find out from the source. I don't want to pronounce it wrong. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same, same. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know how you feel. Yeah. So, that's good. So, now you're working on Raid 2, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's the second volume of the Raid anthology. Yeah. And, you know, coming in to the first one, it was like, all right, you've joined us. Now we're doing this thing. Yeah. Here's, here you go. Yeah. I mean, how did that go? Like, when, when the story ended, did you feel confident? Did you feel like, okay, I, I really belong here? Kind of thing. Um, I don't know if I felt like I was good enough to be there, but I felt really good about what me and Gabe had learned and what we did for the anthology. Like I was very happy with with the outcome of it, and I have to you know say thanks to Ramon and even Rob who did did some editing for us as well. Um, who helped kind of like guide us there and get the story into to a workable place and now and now with this next one i've been able to kind of like take that all that advice and all that information that we learned from doing the first one and apply it and i feel you know that this one's going to be even stronger than the first one so that's amazing yeah what stage are you at now in terms of like do you already know what story it's going to be yeah the script the script is done 
and Gabe has started because basically the stories that we we're doing for the raid anthology, I'm writing them and Gabe is drawing them. Okay. And so I wrote the script for the first one and Gabe drew it. And now the script for the second one is done and Gabe is working. He's just finished layouts and he's just starting to do um, the, the pencils and inks for it now. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, when can we anticipate it coming out? I think the goal is to have it for, um, fan expo in september oh so yeah right away yeah so yeah we're we're going like pretty hard with it right which makes sense because it's been about a year since raid one came yeah. out, right yeah. yeah yeah so yeah i think i think the goal is to have one every year like every fall to oh. to do a new one that's awesome yeah it's yeah. kind of like a yearbook exactly yeah you yeah know? that's a good way to look at it because like it just shows like you know that these guys are doing stuff and I mean, it's nice to have an identity, I mm -hmm. guess, as a studio rather than just like a collection of guys who work in a space. Like, yeah. You guys really have like a camaraderie and an, and an identity in terms of like we are Raid. And yeah, for sure. know us as Raid. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. That's that. It's definitely cool. And it's, you know, awesome to be a part of uh, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So what are your plans now? I mean, you're working on Blackmouth. What are your plans for the future? What are your hopes for your comic career now that you're now that you're in raid and, and doing the stuff that you're doing yeah well i i definitely want to keep doing the web comics thing because that's been fun and like a really good learning experience and just a really cool way to tell a story on a regular regular basis the other thing i'm doing is i'm working with gabe again on some pitches that we eventually want to shop around and hopefully do like a, a creator owned book with, you know, like an image book or an aftershock or something like that. Whoever, whoever would have it basically. So the goal, I think the next goal is to do a creator owned thing. That's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for, Thanks, for your man. career. It's <laughs> nice to see somebody sort of at the beginning, but you also got like this major opportunity in, in being part of raid and yeah, and, for sure. And knowing Gabe and, and yep. having all these things like, open up to you it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing yeah it definitely i definitely feel very fortunate that this opportunity is like kind of presented itself to me and i just want to take it and run with it yeah no pressure yeah <laughs> they don't take everyone yeah so yeah it's kind of good yeah i mean i don't really know i don't actually even know how how they view letting people into the studio like i like I, I think they think that they like me obviously because yeah. they let me in but uh um I, I wasn't really even planning on doing like being a part of raid for the long run it just because like i said i was ori originally just subletting and i was like okay this will be like a few months and i'll get to meet some of these guys but then it just kind of you know ramon asked and i said yes so that's amazing i think ramon said in his episode that it's it's about the vibe mm -hmm. and like who really matches like the vibe of the rest of the guys and stuff. that definitely makes sense because i get along with all of these people so well and everyone gets along with each other so well and we all seem very like-minded and yeah mm -hmm. kind of the same i don't know we all have fun together we're all, we're all able to you know communicate we're not like some some of us get along better than other people not everyone get we're not all like best friends or whatever you know but it's just all the people are so real and down to earth and i guess i kind of or at least i hope i'm that way because i kind of consider myself that way right um so it if you can be that kind of person then yeah it makes sense that that would be how they view it yeah, yeah. that's awesome cool man well i look forward to uh seeing your stuff where can people find uh, your work? Where are you on uh, social media? Yeah, um, so I am at KJS with a beard. Like that's my Instagram and my Twitter. So you can find me on there. You can read Blackmouth at blackmouthcomic.com. Uh, you can see more of me and Gabe stuff at uh, raid.world, um, the raid website. And you can also read Scare Tales on Comixology and I, I don't remember if it, if you can get it on the raid website or not, but you can, you can order it from us online or whatever. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I look forward to seeing all the stuff that you're doing and, Thanks, uh, man. 
thank you guys for uh, listening to this episode um, and uh, thank you for supporting the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. We're also available on Stitcher and Google Play where you can review us there as well. It helps uh, get us noticed and get to the front page so that more people uh, listen. Also, uh, I have two uh, coupon codes to tell you about. Uh, the first one is uh, Ripped Apparel. They do like these geeky mashup tees where it's like video games and the Avengers mashed into one or something like that. And uh, you can get uh, 10% off if you put in the code Never Sleeps, all one word, uh, all capitals, at checkout. If you like those shirts, it's at Ripped Apparel, R I P T apparel.com uh, also we have a new code to tell you about it's giftagram giftagram is an app that you download let's say you need a last minute gift for something you go download the app you go to the catalog you select the gift and you know these is, this isn't dollar store crap this is like amazing bespoke curated gifts uh, like you know tea sets and and gin and tonic sets, things that people would actually want to have. And you click, you you order your gift. Uh, it sends a text message to your recipient saying that like Aaron or Kyle ordered you a gift. And then you just enter your, uh, they enter their address, their preferred delivery address, and it gets sent right to them. So you don't even have to think about it. You don't even have to go to the store. And uh, Giftogram is offering uh, a coupon for us as well. On your first order, you get $15 off if you enter the code NEVERSLEEPS, all one word again, all capital letters, 15 at checkout. So uh, enjoy that, and uh, we'll see you next time on Speech Bubble. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Speech Bubble on Never Sleeps Network at NeverSleepsNetwork.com is executive produced by Alex Ross. Audio editing by Joseph Yanni. Social media assistance by Jamie Warner and the Social Smiths. Announcements by Craig Mayhem and Sean Ward. Logo design and graphical assistance by Brittany Tice.